So, Ox Populi, episode 22. This week I'm joined by Ryan, Dean, and Joe of the band August Hotel. An energetic band with a unique sound, August Hotel has been playing together as a full band since 2016. Since then, they released several singles and an EP titled Charms. Their recently released single, Disaster and Delight, can be heard at the back end of this episode and can be streamed across Apple Music, Spotify, and most major streaming services. Following that, you can also hear the track 12AM from that previous mentioned EP. For more information on August Hotel, you can visit them online at augusthotel.com as well as finding them on Facebook and Instagram. And now help me welcome to this 22nd episode of Aux Populi, Ryan, Dean, and Joe from August Hotel. Uh, you know, uh, the, guy, the main character from Jurassic Park <laughs> yeah, I, I really wanted to be a paleontologist when I was younger. Um, so I forget what that actor's name was, but Sam Dr. Neil. Grant. Yeah, yeah. Sam Neill. Yeah, definitely wanted Thank to be. Thank you so Sam much. Neill. That was bothering me too. Yeah, <laughs> definitely wanted to be Sam Neill because I absolutely adore dinosaurs. Now that changed a lot. Um, you know, speaking of where I'm here, but yeah, definitely want to be in Jurassic Park. Coincidentally, that was also my answer. <laughs> oh, that's right. You love my I, yeah, yeah, no, I wanted to be a paleontologist as a kid. Like, that was the thing. I had... For the same reason? Um, I No, I, I was way into dinosaurs before I saw Jurassic Park. Um, Jurassic Park was just, like, another, another dinosaur-related thing I could get into as a kid. Um, but also, I just sort of... I, I adored Steve Irwin in, like, a somewhat, you know, related kind of field. It's just, like, animals and nature and stuff. Uh, yeah, I thought I was going to do science for the longest time. My, I actually had a dinosaur stuffed animal. That was like my first stuffed animal thing. I never wanted to, you know, like find that stuffed animal's bones in the ground or anything like that, or his fossils of it. But his name was Guy, and he was green, and uh, I stuck my thumb when I would ever hold on to him, so parents had to take Guy away every now and then to, like, <laughs> get me out of sucking my thumb. I don't know, it was, like, a comfort thing <laughs> with Guy. And I would, like, give him haircuts and things like that, but that mean just, like, pull out his, like, fur. What do you mean? Yeah, because I yeah, mean then I realized pretty soon he never, uh, never came back. <laughs> But no, I still have guys. So like, slowly, in my room, guy deflated lying. over time as you were cutting fur. Yeah, out. there's like patches of like <laughs> he's <laughs> like sporadic balding on guy there. But um, growing up, I wanted to. I don't know. I always liked playing with like blocks and Legos and things. Like parents, grandparents, are like oh, you're gonna be an architect. But I don't know. For and once I got older, I thought I would be a teacher. I always knew I would be playing music. And I mean, some... you've got a cardigan on. That's very teacher. <laughs> yeah, that's my. Yeah, true. Yeah, I I thought I would be a, a teacher for a while, and now not until recently am I actually really trying to. We're all trying to do music as much as possible. What was the first meaningful impact of art upon your lives when you were young? Um, when I was about nine, I got uh, Luther Vandross's Dance With My Father album and, and his Greatest Hits album. Um, and I was singing a little bit before, um, but that was kind of when I really began to uh, really love singing. Um, I used to kind of 
practice singing along to those songs. And yeah, it was weird for like a for like a nine year old to be singing Luther Vandross, but like, but that was just that was what I heard on the radio, and it was kind of. Uh, the spark that got me into singing in some way. And then later on, there are other things that I suppose impacted me more, but that was kind of uh, the first thing that really comes to mind. For me, um, my mom's actually a professional muralist. So it's like paintings and things like that. And just looking at her paint and work all the time, I guess like before, earliest memories in that sense but also because of that I might look at it in a different way art in general because that's my mom's like income that's what she does so I never really thought of and like people tell her like I want a tiger I want you to paint me a tiger in this room she's like okay so she paints so she's like and this isn't me knocking her craft at all but like she's like a cover band in a way for (laughs) painting and so I kind of like grew up thinking that like this is a, like you can make a career out of this too. But from a musical standpoint, um, they always just had music on. I learned how to put a, like a record on a turntable at a pretty young age, and yeah, they bought me my first set of drums, and I've always been super supportive in that sense. So just pots and pans were my first instrument they let me bang on those and I'm like alright we'll invest and then I kept on breaking kit after kit until they got me like a real one so yeah I think for me I've been doodling since as long as I can remember um I would draw I would draw dinosaurs like crazy as a kid too uh so I think out of my first like experience with art was like visual art and drawing and all that I was super heavy into the art classes in school, but also around the same time as a kid, I I think my first like real exposure to music was the Beatles. Because I had I had this friend who at age like, I don't know, three or four was already going through like would just get like obsessed with different bands. <laughs> And he was going through just like listening to the Beatles. I don't know. My mom was like, you know, I, I loved the Beatles growing up. Like they were, they were one of my favorite bands. Uh, you should, yeah, let, let's get you a CD. So she got me the, um, the one compilation and I was obsessed with that. And then the next thing, the next Beatles CD I got after that was Sgt. Pepper, which I don't know why I decided that was the album I was going to listen to next. I think it was because it was one of the only ones where none of those songs were on one. So it was like, it'll be completely different stuff. Um, so all of a sudden then I'm listening, to, you know, in like kindergarten to Sgt. Pepper and just being like, I don't know what any of this is, but I love it. Um, and I think that sort of then is kind of what kicked me off on like a, uh, my musical, like art, whatever. I guess I should stop being surprised when musicians and people in bands tell me that, you know, they were into music as kids. I don't know I don't know why I'm always sitting here going like, what other interests did you have? But I know uh, dinosaurs and banging on pots and pans with Guy. Yeah, yeah. Guy played some drums too. Like the end of his tail is like a plastic like hook type thing that you can like hold or something like that. So like, no, like he played, I also loved Barney, also a dinosaur. And the piano that we have at like my parents' house, 
has all these chips in the keys because it had this like plastic like Barney figurine too and I would smash him on the keys to like make sound so like even now I'll send a picture like there's all these chips at the end of like the keys on this old like early 1900s piano because I had a Barney figurine <laughs> play with me as a kid how did your parents feel about I'm sure they didn't playtime love, with Barney. I'm sure that they didn't love... Well, Barney, whenever Barney's on TV, that means they had to be woken up because I would notify them that Barney was on television. Like, he was every day. But, well, I don't know. I Honestly, they didn't discourage it, I don't think. I mean, I'm sure they weren't loving me destroying their property, but... Yeah, that's the part I'm most concerned about. Yeah, I'm sure they didn't like that. But, I don't know. I'm st- like, we still play piano. That's how I write music. It still works? Yeah. I also, before I started, like, actually playing instruments, uh, I had a couple friends and, like, also when I was super young and, like, Sergeant Peppery, whatever kind of time of my life, um, and we had, it was this old, my mom had this old, like, circular case that I think she kept, like, her childhood Barbies in, like, related stuff, and it was just, like, tucked away in a closet, and I found it one time, and I was like, this looks like a kick drum. Um, and then I had some badminton rackets and I had these two friends and we would just like fake be the Beatles with badminton rackets and this, this like circular box thing. Um, and I would just like pretend I was playing guitar on a badminton racket before finally I like started actually, I was like, maybe I should actually learn how to do that. I can only take this instrument so far. (laughs) (laughs) No, like Yeah, then when I was in third grade, um, my neighbors had... Uh, just kind of an extra guitar. They were like, they knew that I was getting interested in music and they were like, here, like you can borrow this, start some guitar lessons, see if you like it. And then I did my, then I got my own guitar from there. How have you expressed yourselves through art and creation at different points of your lives outside of what you eventually ended up doing? I mean, I remember you, uh, you said that there was a little bit of drawing in the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was some creation. You could you could still call it creation with the, you know, Legos and blocks. Like, where, what have we been into outside of music? Or what did you think you were going to be doing, apart from paleontology? <laughs> I've always had a long history with visual art, and uh, in high school that kind of switched from drawing to doing um, graphic design work, which is now also a big part of my life. That's that's my day job, and I do like all the visual stuff for the band too. Um, so I, I think that's sort of been my other like artsy kind of creative thing. Um, well, like Dean, I um, thought for quite a while I was going to be a teacher. Um, and I went to went to college for that, earned a degree in secondary education. Yeah, we're both history majors, mm-hmm. the two of us. And so, Interesting. Um, and so for quite a while, I, um, it, that was part of kind of my uh, creative outlet and way of expression because, um, you know, alongside music, because um, I would put a lot of care into uh, crafting these lesson plans and kind of tailoring things um, to make lessons um, as accessible and as individualized as possible, you know, in, in a class of 27 kids, you can't tailor make every, uh, plan for each student because you just do not have the capacity for that. But, um, attempting to make, um, to kind of find these different 
um, segues into history that's, um, that would be interesting to students and that helps get them engaged. Um, that was a lot of kind of the creativity, um, in telling stories from history that don't get told out of textbooks and everything. Um, I had a, written an entire lesson plan about, um, kind of, kind of based on a people's history of the United States in some, um, in some way, um, because of when I thought about everything that I wasn't taught, um, in history when I was younger and how I want to kind of change that. So that was kind of part of the, the creative outlet, um, previous. What is uh, something that stands out to you? Something that you weren't taught in history growing up? Um, I was just thinking about this a couple of days ago when, um, you know, the, the textbook that we had first of all, only went up to like 2003 and this was the tail end of high school. So it was 2014 <laughs> or so. So it's just like, I think something happened in the past 10 years, but for the life of me, I don't know. Um, but one, th one thing was that they, in the book, they had this big spread on Ronald Reagan's, uh, you know, Star Wars thing, you know, the, that, but they didn't have any words about, um, the AIDS crisis. There's nothing in there about that. And I think that was a very selective choice, of course. Um, and so those were the kinds of things that I paid particular attention to and, uh, knew that I wanted to talk with students and have this dialogue about. You think that's going to change at some point? Because it's not surprising at all that that has been excised from the curriculum. But do you think, I know politically we may not be in a very progressive era right now, but socially I think we still might be a little bit, I mean, especially here in Chicago. Like, do you see an era coming up soon where that is going to be more part of history that kids are going to learn about. It is an important part of history, and the point has been made before that a lot of a lot of intelligent, creative people were lost forever during that time, and that the result of, of what went on then is kind of where we are now, like with a, a specific lack of intelligence and a lack, a lack of emotional intelligence and just a lack of, well, a lot of things that would make us truly progressive, you think, heading into the year 2020. Sure. I'm, you know, um, I'm definitely not a cynic in a lot of ways. And so I do perceive that to be on the horizon in some way. Um, that's on good days. You know, there are some bad days where I don't think that, and then I just bust out the one and call it a day. Um, but, um, but I do see that because of how things are different from when I was attending school versus when I was teaching in them. Um, in terms of how students, uh, how you know, kids younger than myself are treating each other, um, there's a lot of, I guess, there's a lot of words about kids bullying and such like that. But I, I truly think that the generation past us, I don't try to get into generational ideas too much, but they're more kind, uh, more sympathetic than, than ours, I think. Yeah. I, I'm a substitute teacher still on this one, like my part-time gigs. And, um, 
yeah, like similar to what Joe said, um, just things that exist now that didn't, um, like getting back to like, like what you, like what's kind of started this talk, I guess, like there's like a gay straight alliance at, you know, whatever we want to make of that name. It's like, you know, there's, that exists at the high school that I went to, you know, and that would have benefited a lot of like people and my friends probably who waited to truly be themselves maybe till after they graduated. Yeah, I, rem- so I remember... There's also a lot of other things I don't like at the high school that I think these kids are worse screwed. But, <laughs> but you know... Top, top, three, top three complaints, Dean. My complaints? Um, oh, man. I don't like... Um, we would get in trouble when we would use our phones and things like that. And they don't now. And as a result... Grant, I'm just a substitute teacher, so they're not going to respect me anyway. I get it. I know the drill. I know what's expected of me, but um, I don't like how heavy, like, just, like, almost encourage the phone use is, I feel, at times. And I think that is really distracting. And all, like, some teachers are strict on it, others are not. And all it takes is one teacher to be lenient on that. And that it devalues the whole system. Yeah, exactly. So that's my, my big one, <laughs> for sure. It's like, yeah. Creatively, what were you into when you were younger? What did you think that you might be doing? Um, I, I get I, my first drum lesson. I was six years old, so just being young, I guess the idea of just playing the drums. It's always pretty much been music. Um, not until maybe the last. Not until I always tried like writing like lyrics or writing songs and whatnot. As soon as I kind of learned how to play piano a bit, which I learned how to play piano because I had to learn how to play like xylophone in school band. And then I'm like, wait a minute, this is like designed exactly the same. It's the same layout. Here you play it differently, of course, but like if you look at a xylophone or like marimba, I, I don't know if you've got a Barney toy, you're pretty much playing a piano exactly like a xylophone. Yeah. It, it's just like, it's laid out like the same. So instead of like using mallets, you can use you use your fingers and you can make chords and things like that. So like around middle school, you know, you start doing that. Just try to like write music, write songs, and of course they're all so bad. But I, I guess I never thought that creatively I would enter um, the realms of songwriting. Always, so I guess it's still music, but a different aspect of music that I never maybe envisioned for myself as a drummer. Because drummers aren't really, when you think drums, you can't write a song on a drum set. You're not going to go to practice, like, hey guys, I wrote a song. That does, they're like, okay, that helps us with absolutely nothing. You know, it helps if you know what a chord is. Thanks, Ringo. We'll just put that over there, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. I should also mention, um, though he's not here, Kale and I have a long history of doing theater and acting as well, as far as like other creative things. That's actually how he and I met. we were like super theater in high school and we were doing plays together. And so we met and started then making music together and it all kind of, I don't know, snowballed off each other. I don't do it anymore. He still does. <laughs> Which forms of artistic expression and creativity do you wish came naturally to you? These things where you look at what other people can do and you think, okay, I definitely can't do that, but I wish I could. It's it's kind of the cross it's kind of crossroads between technology and art, but as anyone who's talked to me for more than five minutes usually knows, I very much like video games. <laughs> and um 
this feels like a conversation we could have for two days. Yeah. Oh. 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 Yeah. It's. But. But that's something that. Um, that's something that I understand. I understand uh, design and narrative structure and kind of all of these things, environmental storytelling within within that um, within that medium. But in terms of actual um, programming and such, it's something that's never really clicked with me. Um, it doesn't. Uh, my brain doesn't really latch onto it like I wish it would, um, and you know your brain shifts and such. And so that might be something that someday I understand more fully, but now it's kind of, uh, it's kind of more theoretical. It's, it's like with, uh, it's like with economics. I can, I can talk about economics in theory, um, and principles and such, but in terms of doing the, doing the math, uh, that's where it gets a little, uh, uh, worse for worse. <laughs> Well, of course, I wish I was, like, better at, like, the arts I'm still trying to pursue, currently pursuing. Like, I wish I was a better songwriter and things like that, being around, like, so many, there's so many great people in, like, this area, the Chicago scene, who are just... It's nuts. Incredible crap. <laughs> like, when you look around, it's not like there are so many bands, because there's so many people in, like, quote-unquote bands. There are people in phenomenal bands and there's just the volume of it is is incredible like i'm still trying to wrap my head around it yeah no it actually is it's insane like we got tagged in this thing it was like basically all the different like kind of like clicks of bands in the city like kind of like divided by genre and we're looking at this chart and we're like who are actually like most of these bands <laughs> we were like who it was kind of like the even like when the bands like listed at our own table, we didn't even like really know who they were. We're like, what the? It was like I don't remember the third. It was like, yeah, it was insane. And it's definitely not. It's definitely not a knock against them. It's just like there's so many that there's only there's only so many you can know at one point. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. like this is how I feel about the whole podcasting thing. It's just kind of like there's so many different shows and the whole reason behind me starting a network was to make sure it's like okay if people have ideas for things we'll get a group together in one space so people can go like you know what shows are on you know nbc and abc yeah, exactly. and all that kind of thing you know i want to try and do the same thing with all the bands in my orbit like to, just to get them all in the same space it is something that i'm trying to build right now with brian shamey mm -hmm. it's something that, that we both have a very similar passion for that we're trying to figure out like what's the best way absolutely to make this happen but i mean you're, you're right it's just like even people who are technically within your genre it's like who the fuck are you <laughs> yeah and like, again like we're super appreciative of like you and brian shamey and just like like we need people like you guys it doesn't seem day. like that you guys are very good at what you do <laughs> i think it's just nice to have this sort of community building yeah. too mm -hmm. yeah. like i think we've for the past couple years i think that the community and connection between bands has been growing more too and i think that you guys have kind of stepped in at a really great time in that also and i think it yeah. all is just all of the parts are strengthening each other yeah it, i think it's a maturity at least on the band's end because, you know, we all know it was like playing like those first early, early gigs. Say we're still in high school or early college even. 
and it's this battle of the bit, like battle of the bands mentality. Yeah, it's, there's such a competitive nature. Like you play, yeah. you play a show, and you see that like all the bands are just kind of judging each other. And no one's seems, talking to each other, and it's yeah, it's not, not it's not fun, and it feels just kind of like gross. And it's like, why why are we doing this? Like, why not try to lift each other? It's like up? when you go to an open mic, and it's just all comedians who have probably never done it before, and they don't want to laugh at the other people because they want to be the ones getting the most laughs. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's all yeah, yeah, and that's the idea. But like, I would say, like, yeah, last few years, I feel like <laughs> we don't know everybody. <laughs> we I I feel like we're attached and we're part of something bigger than just August Hotel indie pop band. I mean, maybe it's just maybe it's just me and my own view from where I'm sitting, but I mean like to me of the bands that I know that are that are worth knowing in Chicago, I'd say you guys are way up at the top. Like I have in my mind like a kind of a, a short list of different bands is like, okay, if you want to know about Chicago music, you look you look at these names and I would put you guys up there. Well thank you. That's extremely <laughs> flattering. Yeah, that's, that's, that's some compliment. <laughs> were you were you, were you reacting like you don't know? You guys don't know you're good at what you do. I mean I think it's great that I you're mean, not, like I hope we're good. <laughs> yeah. but, oh maybe well, this maybe I've done a bad thing <laughs> from here for you. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's just now we're tripping from here on out. Oh I gotta yeah. I gotta go. Next, <laughs> yeah, next show you go to is gonna be a paid VIP experience where you have to pay to meet us after the show. That picture you just took of us before yeah that was pre-arrogance <laughs> that, no no that was a free picture <laughs> we're right, first one's free we're gonna need to talk to the lawyers about yeah, that one yeah. Yeah, yeah, take the picture I'm an LLC come and get me <laughs> it's the company that gets in trouble <laughs> uh, Ryan what, what about you What? Uh, I don't know if we went into things that you wish you could do you sighed like oof a long list. <laughs> I can already do everything, so. Yeah, I mean, I mean what else is there? <laughs> no. Um, I, like, being a designer, I know that, like, I have, like, a decent eye for, like, composition and framing and stuff, but I have, like, no, I have none of the technical skills of photography, and I would love to have that. I, like, that's something I can learn. I just have not. You just mean, like, how the fuck does this camera work? Right. I mean, like, I'm yeah. like, okay, this is a camera, this is how I focus, and here's the shutter button. I'm the same way with all tech I've ever used. I mean, even this thing. It's largely <laughs> a mystery to me what I'm recording on right now. There's you know. the record button. What else do you need, right? Mm-hmm. I've learned enough <laughs> to be able to put this all online. It's like, I've got Logic Pro as an editing suite on my laptop no idea how it works. Someday I'll learn. <laughs> but there's a lot of dials and very complicated words I've never seen before. So yours is like you just wish you had more technical knowledge of things. Yeah, at least uh, at least of that. I don't know. I, I feel like I think more about like other instruments that I would want to play more than I think about like other like creative things I wish I was good at. Mm. Um, like I I tried to take piano lessons in like high school, but I just didn't really have the time and um, was struggling with it. And I like I can you can give me a keyboard. Yeah. I can be like these are the notes. I know how to make some basic chords, but I can't like play the piano. And I'm not going to try to pretend that I can. Like sit me down long enough and like and, like figure something out. And, and if I like work at it enough, I can eventually maybe get a part down. But it's I wouldn't say that I play it. So if you were just 
playing a piano in a room, but people were just kind of like filtering through. You could like vamp for long enough where right, it, yeah, I, I could I could play like clocks by Coldplay enough that it, <laughs> I would sound proficient, but like speed of sound, I'm done. <laughs> Are you comfortable with limitations, or do you struggle with jealousy? In, in relationships? <laughs> yeah. uh, how good are let's, you at setting boundaries? Yeah. Uh, let's dive into that. No. <laughs> um, I, think it's, I think it's important to have limitations in terms of kind of... Um, I think that's where creativity kind of comes from, is having the limitations uh, surrounding it. I think when there's too much of a... Uh, too much of this massive palette or something like that to paint with, you kind of get yourself in a, in a tizzy trying to figure out where exactly do you start. It's a bit overwhelming. Um, so I think that limitation does have um, a strong place in creativity um, because they're having some structures, having some supports uh, around you for that uh, is pretty important. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think also you just have to be aware of your limitations. Um, like, I think knowing your limits is a very important part of that, too. Because I I think if you don't, it can be easy to get, like, cocky and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this thing that, like, I have absolutely no right doing. Um, but and I think also if you know what your limits are. You also know what to work on or what you can try to push or know like, okay, so there's, there's this, there's this thing I keep running into. There's this issue. How can I overcome that? I think I'm kind of, yeah, I feel like limited in times, like in terms of like music, I remember in like, in like a music theory class in like high school, we had to like write, do like a short little like probably like sixteen minutes or something. So we had to write out some composition, and we had to follow various like specific guidelines for it to like show that like we learned something. And I got a very bad grade on it because I started doing it, and I thought, well, I like this better. Like, oh, my teacher will like how this sounds because it's good. And I got a bad grade, and I was just confused because I'm like, well, this is this is good though. And it's like, well, you didn't follow the directions. It's like, oh, <laughs> I, I did the same thing with a, a college essay, too. I just kind of ignored the prompt as I, and I didn't really realize it. Yeah, it's just, I just, I don't know. It, it's good to have limitations for sure, but it doesn't mean I have to, to like them. <laughs> it, it is funny, this, this idea you bring up of ignoring the prompt, because it is something that keeps getting brought up on this show. Specifically in the area of people who can't read sheet music, but can still play. Yeah, and it's just like, how many people are then told, you know, well, it's more important that you actually be able to learn the sheet music and to be able to read that than oh. it is to be able to improvise. And it's like, what the, what are you talking oh, about? Oh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. There's just different types of musicians, and I think the best are ones... I mean, ideally, maybe not the best, but it's a, it's great to be in a position where you have a little bit of both. Like, like again, like back to my mom. She like the reason we have a piano is my mom can play piano too. She can't. She can only play though if there's music in front of her. 
she's unable to just hum something and then sit down and try to play back what she just heard in her head. And so I'm envious of like, I can't read like she can, I can't do the treble and the bass clef at the same time. Like I'm like probably similar to Ryan as like our skill levels are probably pretty similar as like pianists go. But like, I can't just sit down and do two clefs. Like that blows my mind how she can do that. But I like, she's impressed by my ability to just hum something and then play it back. And like, I did orchestra too. And I like, you know, you gotta play the part. I can't deviate from that part, especially in that music when like that timpani part you're playing or that snare drum part is like iconic. And when, when like insert like a Beethoven or someone wrote that, yeah, you can't really change that. But it was crazy too, because like one of the dudes, there's a cello player, a really good cello player. And he also played some guitar. And I used my roommate for a little bit. And it was just really interesting watching him go from, like, that pop rock, like, try to write something or, like, play a cover in that realm, as opposed to... Because he had his orchestra hat on the whole time, and it was, like, really... It was really something. It was not good at all. It was really just surprising to see just the two different musical... You were, t- you were talking about a metaphorical hat this entire yeah. time. I've been picturing... Yeah, that was an orchestra sorry. hat. Yeah, I, thought, like, I thought it was... No, but, no, I'm no, thinking no, like no. a band oh, hat with a say marching band hat. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> but no, there's just, just different types of music. There's some just who are... It depends. I think the, the type, I think the instrument itself has something to do with it. Playing a drum... Being drum set first and then being given like a single snare drum for an orchestral piece is much different than the kid who's only played concert snare drum and then goes to drum set and being told, so this is jazz music. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? <laughs> you shrunk into yourself. Yeah. <laughs> is everybody like me? I love talking to but that's, I, I teach drum lessons, too. That's the same thing. I always get these kids, they're trying to audition for the jazz band, never listen to jazz in their, in their entire lives type thing Shame but they me. just go from like what their concert band background is and it takes a long time for them to break down the, my first few lessons with these kids I don't even show them music sheet music because they need to learn how to sit down and feel a piece first I think yeah I guess I'm just in a place where I'm I'm more appreciative of improvisation than structure because I mean so many of the people that I've ended up talking to are the kind of people that say like, yeah, no, I, I, I don't adhere to structure. And it's like, well, you can clearly see the benefit of that. So many of these very talented bands that I've talked to, and it's like, well, I, I think we know what the secret ingredient is here. Um, yeah, it's it's just really wild. Like, there's some drummers who will like write out their, but they can't play without writing something out. And what they write out is so intense, something I could never imagine in my life. But what musical sits? I'm trying to think. Like I played a four-hour country gig last night, where there's songs I don't even know. You can't write. I don't have time to write out these things. You know, you just got to feel this music. It's not going to be award-winning performance, but at least you're. It's intuitive playing. Where are we with the jealousy, both professionally and personally? How do we deal with that? I'm. I mean, in kind of any aspect of my life, I don't, I don't see myself as very jealous. And overall, I don't see us as being very jealous 
people you know when there's when there's a show and you know there there are shows that we play where there's a really great singer i'm like wow they are you you don't want to make comparisons all the time but you got to know your own depth you know there there are times when there's singer. i'm like wow they're just so much there's they're kind of miles ahead of me in in this aspect or just overall and i'm i don't feel jealous about that or or angry about that it makes me want to try harder um and i just really appreciate um the work that they've done with their instrument with their voice um unless (laughs) unless someone has had like they've been like you know, drinking or smoking during the show excessively. And then they go up and they just do, they just nail it. They do an amazing job. <laughs> and then I'm like a little, I'm a little upset because I, because I'm someone who's, I'm very, um, I'm very tied to my routines and everything. And I take really uh, careful care of my voice. You know, like when I'm, when I'm out, I don't speak loudly. Um, I don't, I hardly ever drink. I don't, I don't smoke anything, et cetera, et cetera. Just a green tea and honey, like all the time. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that really <laughs> I mean, I can like, literally yes. see the green tea right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As we yeah. are in your apartment. I, I really tried, I, I really love singing. I want to keep doing this as long as possible. So, um, so when I see other singers doing that, there is a bit of, um, there is a bit of jealousy because, because they're, they can kind of be, somewhat destructive uh, towards themselves and not to say that any amount of drinking or smoking is destructive but in some but there's cases, a certain amount of yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I discovered that at the bottom of that barrel yeah, yeah. yeah of course but um, when, you know when people do I'm like <sighs> I'm also not a singer though so it, yeah. it didn't affect me all yeah that much. you're like ah, you know you could be doing this longer if you weren't doing that and you also sound great which is just making me a little more <laughs> mad but other than that you know it's music is such a, a dialogue and such a community uh, focused uh, activity and I mean all art is I think very uh, heavy on community and not on the individual um, so I don't really see much space for jealousy would you guys agree I think so and I think it if there are times that like I'm inclined to feel jealous I try to turn that into something constructive for productive. Like if I see some other guitarist, I'm like, Whoa, that person is so good. I wish I could play like that. I'm like, well, like I can, yeah. <laughs> like I can, I can go home yeah. and I can practice and I can like look up what they're playing and try to do that and like learn from their technique. Like there's, there's no point sitting around feeling sorry for myself because this other person is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, like this, just go make yourself better in yeah. that situation. Um, Unless it's, like, some, like, some, like, other, like, physical limitation about yourself where you, like, absolutely cannot do this because you are just not that person, then also there's no point being jealous because you can't do anything about it. What what physical limitations do you have? I don't know. I'm just, (laughs) like, Brian wishes he was taller is what he's saying. If I see someone who (laughs) can go through a really small door, but I'm too tall for it... (laughs) 
No, I, I don't know. It's a situation that comes up. <laughs> yeah, of as, as another tall person. <laughs> I was I was at a wedding this past weekend in this very old house, and um, a lot of the doorways were apparently built during a time where people like me did not exist Ooh. because I almost clipped my head well, I'm several times. Familiar with this experience? <laughs> oh, like you go into the subways in New York, and it's just kind of like. Whew, are these people back then? It was like, it's like, this is like Munchkin land over here. It's like, hey man, it's... we're still out of here. <laughs> Dean, I'm so sorry. Yeah, sorry. Um, but no, I, I would agree with Ryan's uh, analysis of it. If like, well, cause like when I watch another drum, in, in like a pop rock context of drumming, I feel very confident. I feel I could hang with the best of them. It's the times where, like, I'm at that jazz clinic and I'm launching that drummer and I'm just like, oh, I need to go home right now and start playing. First it's throw like, up, then, then start Yeah, playing. whenever I see someone noticeably better than me perform that's or just a, a group or what have you, that's when I get most, um, let me work. I want to work to get closer to that. Will I ever get there? I don't know, but... My wrists hurt today, so maybe not today. I think example of like a physical thing. I never liked being a bass voice part. I always wanted to like have a higher voice because you just don't like rock music and like people. I don't know. Rock singers have high voices. What the hell is wrong with you? I I got over it. <laughs> so, I want to have a higher voice. I don't know. There's there's my example for you. Yeah. All right. Everybody else comfortable with their voices? I mean, no. But. no. I'll listen back to this and be like, oh my god. Try doing like 80 episodes of a <laughs> podcast. You get over it pretty quick. Um, do we experience depression or anxiety? Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Moving on. Uh, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> that's it. all that's I wanted to know. Yeah. Uh, this exam is over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I've, um, mental illness is something I've, I've struggled with for a long time. Um, um, depression, anxiety, um, eating disorder, you know, uh, obsessive compulsive, uh, tendencies and such. Um, and I mean, my view on it, and that that would skew a lot more into diagnosing the 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 structures of the world and everything. So I don't think there's there's a whole lot of time for that within within this uh, within within this interview. But no, we got time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is really what it's all mostly focused around because this is something that's always been very important to me to discuss with people. Um, it's really, a, when I first started the show and it was called something else, the point of the show was talking about the fact how artistry is helpful for both uh, the artists themselves and the audience. Um, but as time moved on, I kept asking this question because something that I've discovered and something that I keep saying is that the majority of the people that I've interviewed answer in the affirmative to this question. I would say probably I could count on, you know, almost every finger on one hand, maybe fewer, the number of people who have told me, it's like, no, I'm doing all right. I don't really, I don't really understand uh, depression. I've never really felt that way before. So, I mean, obviously with the amount of people, I mean, I think this, I don't, I, it's been a while since I looked like what the total amount of episodes I've done is. This is probably like 
pushing 80, 90 something, something like that. So we're talking about that amount of people who have answered yes to that question. We're talking about something that a lot of people go through and that maybe not a lot of people are talking about. But I find that when these questions do get asked and the opportunity is there for people to be open about something or they hear other people be open about it, they will decide to be more open about it themselves and that's very helpful. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of an open book with with that. Um, it, it's... In in the world that in the world that we live in, um, it, mental the mental illness the, even the word I mean it's it's extremely medicalized and um, our, our views on it are very individualistic and I think that's kind of a wrong way to look at it because I think it's much more um, symptomatic of of the world that that many people have to exist in. Um, you know, I'm, I'm someone who, you know, I'm uh, a Latino person and I'm a queer person. And in those communities and in communities of oppression, there, it's, I would find it odd or just someone who hasn't um, undergone enough reflection, um, you know, for one reason or another, um, to not have, be struggling with mental health, mental stability, etc. Uh, it's, it's something that I think about is, you know, I'm, uh, I'm Puerto Rican. When I see the president of the United States going to, uh, going to Puerto Rico, um, just miles from where my, from where my grandpa grew up, and he's blaming people on the island, and he's throwing out paper towels like they were basketballs. After a devastating natural disaster hit, I I, I don't understand how uh, you can perceive that. Yeah, everything's going fine. Everything's all right. And that's not to say that you know Trump is the the. The thing that that the whole that the whole of everything that's wrong revolves around, but it's moments like that when you recognize that, and you. It's more like a symptom of the disease rather than the disease itself. The disease is everybody else who sort of believes that everything is fine when that kind of behavior is going on. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean that's a figurehead can only do so much. It's the people who participate in it; mm-hmm. they're the ones that are really at fault. It's like when you is the person who shouts fire in a crowded theater the one who's at fault, or all the people who are stampeding and trampling everybody else down. Like mm-hmm. who who do you blame in that scenario? And 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 stretching even farther back, you know who what events in that person's life compelled them to shot fire in the theater you know what what happens during what happened in the course of their lives that brought them to that point um so i i think it's very important to be sympathetic and understanding of people where they're at and with mental health and mental stability because as i kind of referenced earlier in and, you know, some days are better than others. And um, music can kind of both help 
in a lot of ways, but it's also something that I don't think is a, a complete sell for that. Um, no, I mean, some days there's nothing. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's... Um, yeah, so some days, I mean, some days music helps, and some days um, it just isn't providing the support that you need. You know, there are times when I've had really... Um, with extreme difficulties and I'm having a really low point and the song has helped me get out of that. But there are other times when being up on a stage kind of feels like the worst thing. And, and I don't, um, it feels very uncomfortable to be in front of people and, and that you have to like make and that you have to like make that appearance and be physically seen. Um, it's something that I, that I struggle with at times. Um, and so in that respect, music, music can be, um, very helpful for some individual circumstances, but I think the power of community and having the support structures around you that you need to, um, to tackle mental health, you know, therapy, um, proper diet, exercise, sleep, etc., And then, you know, having, friends and family who you can talk about this with, you know, whether blood or chosen family, um, is extremely important. Well, what are some reliable triggers for you for feelings of depression? Oh, I think, uh, spending too, spending too much time by myself is usually something along those lines. And I'm a pretty solitary person. Um, so I do spend a lot of time by myself. I'm the same way. Yeah. Uh, but there, there comes a point where I can't, where I shouldn't be doing that. Um, so, uh, with, with so much, um, in such great volumes, essentially. Um, I was listening to an interview with, uh, Grimes and, you know, she's, she's kind of, uh, the reason why the word problematic fave, I think was introduced at least for me. Um, but she brought up this great point about how human beings are contextual and that we have different contexts around different people, you know? And so the person you are when you're alone is a separate context from when, you know, let's say I'm around my band or I'm around Dean or Ryan, Craig or Kale. Um, and that's not that, that the person you are when you're alone is who you are. And this is just facsimile when you're around other people. Um, it's all extensions of yourself. Um, my thoughts on, uh, I, and I, I don't, I've never been diagnosed with anything. Um, but I will say, I guess, in just the last, since being out of, um, school and I've talked to you know, both these guys on my left and right about it I, I felt just different this year maybe I don't feel like I'm as peppy and cheery as I used to look at my on repeats <laughs> on Spotify it's not it's a kind of downer songs and I don't know I think for me it's because I'm I'm so focused on this idea of what success is for me and I definitely um do this cute thing where I look at other people in comparison to me. So I guess that could go back to the jealousy thing. Um, 
I, I'm just trying to make music my life. So it's like almost an opposite of the how sometimes the stage doesn't help. For me, I need that stage because if I'm not doing that, I feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to. Um, it's a, like, I'm just trying to stay as busy as possible. And sometimes I, I say I don't like the busyness, but I really kind of, kind of like it actually. I like it, like the stacked calendar. I like playing with this band, of course. <laughs> and I, also play, thanks, thanks I, I, I yeah, but I play for other groups too. And it's just in my way to be as busy as possible with music. Now that also correlates maybe to me feeling just different. I just feel I'm not as cheery as I once was at times. And I've talked to some friends about it and things like that. So we'll see maybe part two, I'll have more to, to say on that. There was a, there was a point this year where, uh, I was markedly uh, happier than I was at another point mm -hmm. <laughs> and multiple people came up to me and was like, what's wrong? And I was like, what do you mean? It's like, you seem really happy. <laughs> Why is that a problem? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. imagine that much of a deep change to your personality where people are like, why are, you, why are you smiling all the time? Well, what's wrong with you? Yeah, it was, yeah. that was me for like the bulk of the year was like, I guess, not, uh, maybe a little bit more like what you're feeling right yeah. now. And I think for, like, so I guess similar to Joe, being around people, Every, I, I, for me, I like to be around people a lot. So I think Biologically, we, we're supposed to be. We're, we're part of a, a group that is supposed to be socialized. So there are, you do actually function poorer when you are without a group for a long time. I mean, there are people who are, can, who are good at being uh, alone and they're not going to, you're, they're not going to like pass out from loneliness. You know, yeah. they're, they're, their organs aren't going to like start shutting down just because they've spent, you know, some time by themselves, but we are technically supposed to be social creatures. And so it is bad for your health to be away from people yeah. for so long. So, I mean, I feel like when I'm with, like, my buddies, music-related, or some, I think some of the, the best nights are, like, when no one's even talking about band things. I'm not even with other musicians, just my friends who don't really get what I do, and I don't really get what they do, and we're just having a few bros, dude. And it's just, that's a whole other separate issue in itself. But, um, but yeah, but um, that's what... I don't know, keeps me going motivated in a different aspect, I suppose. I think for me, music definitely has always been a very integral part of how I cope with my anxiety and my depression. Um, especially in high school when both of those things were, were kind of at, at their worst, at least in the sense that I didn't yet have the coping skills to, to deal with them. Um, and also didn't necessarily feel open enough to, to talk about them with other people. Like, I think it was at that point in my life where I still was very much like feeling the stigma around mental health and mental illness. And when I was, when I started seeing a therapist in high school, that was something that I was like, I can't tell anyone about this. Like, I, like, I, I want, I, like, I want to keep this to myself. It's still kind of seen as somewhat of a shameful thing. Yeah. Uh, like, unless you know or talking to people who exclusively go to 
therapists. Right. Which is part of why I I now try to be really open about it because it's been incredibly beneficial for me. It's, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And I think if you have the means go, I, I feel like there are very few people in this world who wouldn't benefit from going to therapy. It's one of those things that it wasn't something that was for me, but I always tell people to be proactive. Yeah. Do not just sit there and go like, what can I do? It's like, there's a solution. And obviously the solution is uh, maybe not at the bottom of a bottle, like what I had originally thought a couple different times in my life. That is not a proactive solution. And there are, you know, similar things in your life when you are self-medicating and you think that that's a solution, but that's more of like a temporary thing. So you may not be the kind of person that exclusively benefits from therapy, but there's going to be other things along those same lines. And you're right. As long as people are feeling more open to talk about this stuff, they're not going to feel like so ashamed to go and try out some different solutions. Yeah. And I think even being open enough about it to like talk about it with your friends, I, I, I even kept it from my friends at that point too. Um, so I think just being able to have a dialogue with people was great. And just get like, to a point where you're thinking like, well, what do I have to lose? Because if what I'm going to lose by being honest with people about who I am is if I'm going to lose them, I didn't need them in the first place. Right. And that's obviously on a planet of how many billions of people do we have living on this planet right now? It's like 7.3. Yeah. Like you'll find other people. You don't need to hang on to the ones. If you're truly afraid of telling something, somebody something about yourself and that your your fears are probably well-founded, it's like, you don't need them. Yeah. So it's like, and do the same with other people in your life as well. Cut them out. You know, it's like, don't, this is something I learned in my early 20s, well, throughout my 20s, is don't be afraid to cut people out of your life. Mm-hmm. You don't need anyone who who doesn't really need you, essentially. Yeah. Is yeah. it, uh, is it difficult to be creative during times of anxiety and depression? I mean, like, I know some people, for some people, it's kind of half and half. Some people say, like, it's the only time I'm creative. And then some people like myself who are just like, I I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know how you could even possibly think about being creative. I think I'm more on the half and half. Mm. Um, Like, I, I would always dive into music. Like, when during that time where I felt like I was very closed off about like when I wasn't talking to, to people I, like I was like music was like the thing for me. I would, I would turn to that. And obviously it's still something that is helpful for me now. Um, and I then like when I've been struggling with, with things, I will then try to try to put that in music. Cause I think also it's, I like, I want to create things that might help someone else the way that something helped me. So like 12 AM was, that was like really written during, um, like a, a, a period of pretty intense anxiety for me as a way of kind of working through it and, um, like finding a way to deal with it. Uh, we've got one that's on the new EP that was also sort of said that was written kind of outside of it. Like it was more of a reflection back. And I, so yeah, I, I think sometimes for me, it's, I'll like, I, that'll either be my, my way of like coping or I will just be so into it that like, 
working on music feels even more stressful and that then I need to do it like at a later point. Like when I've, I've had a little bit of time, I've been able to settle down and then be like, okay, like what was going on here? How can I, how can I work through this now when I'm not there so I can work through it in a healthier way the next time it does happen? Right. I don't think I've ever written, like, I've never written, like, a truly happy song. <laughs> I would like, I think, like, musically, you can have, like, you know, if you, like, go back, like, through our, our catalog or whatever, like, with songs I wrote, you can be like, oh, like, this is, like, a summertime, like, roll down your window type thing. But on the surface, maybe, I think a lot, I'm really, I was just thinking about this when we had a pause real fast. I'm looking at myself oh, in the mirror in the bathroom, and I'm like, <laughs> I, it's, I've never... A lot of my songs are about insecurities. And I'm going to have to sit on that for a bit. <laughs> but, yeah, it's I, I guess I just kind of noticed that. Why are you so insecure, Dean? Why am I so insecure? I don't you? know. I don't know. Everybody say something nice about Dean. No, 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 because I love Girl that too great. much. You know? Girl no, great. no, I love... You're looking real full. Your <laughs> outfit is very well put together. You know, but, but... It's the palette. But, um... <laughs> did it help or did it make things worse? <laughs> that... In this scenario, worse. <laughs> Dean's any ego other, tripping out the uh, window any, right no, now. It's, no, I'm a big egomaniac, too. But, um... It's, it, it's, that's often how but, it works. But it's when it's... You know, I've never been like, wow, what a beautiful day. Life is the best. I'm going to write about it. I've never been... I mean, that's never been my That motivation. sounds like it would make a terrible song anyway. Yeah, so. I've never... Yeah, I, I mean, I've just never been motivated... To, that's never why I went to sit down at a piano and try to pluck something out. It's always like late at night. Also, too, I don't really write during the day. It's always like nighttime and I should be asleep. When you should be asleep? Probably. When should you be asleep? I don't know. I always ask my mom and dad when I should be asleep. <laughs> You want to call them right now? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've had that a strain of like people calling their parents during the show. No way. <laughs> yeah, it's actually worth it. <laughs> actually, no. It was one episode where where um, Isabella Eliopoulos called both her mother and father. Oh, that with that last name because she's Greek, so of course we're calling our parents. Yeah. Uh, and then somebody picked up the phone because their girlfriend was calling them uh, when I was starting. North and Wells Band. You guys know them? They're pretty good. Look them up. Okay. Okay. Yeah, listen to their show too. It was only a couple episodes back. Um, but anyways, where were we? Uh, Joe, where where are you with being able to be creative during depression and anxiety? It really depends. Um, I think during times where there isn't like a um, a very noticeable trigger, I think it's more difficult in those where you're just kind of like. Oh, I just feel kind of like garbage. <laughs> um, and I think it's easier when there is, um, when there has been like a particular trigger, like I've, I went through kind of a, you know, a falling out with a friend or there's a, you know, or there's, you know, issues or I'm having some sort of interpersonal issue, whether that's family, whether that's, you know, friendship, um, romantic relationships, etc. Um, I think it's easier because you have that sort of like specific moment. You have like this specific period, specific environment with which you can draw from. And it's more difficult when it's a period of prolonged, um, of kind of uh, prolonged, uh, this is a low to, to borrow from blur. <laughs> 
so and and I think the writing reflects that too when sometimes the song when you're forcing it sometimes the song needs to be forced to to be to come to completion for you to be satisfied with it and other times it just flows out naturally so Absolutely. It, it really it really it really depends and I don't think any for some people the the natural flow works for them for some people intentionality is their key to success so I think a balance of both is important. What's an easy band-aid during times of stress, depression, anxiety? Something that's just fun that's for you, that has nothing to do with creativity or work or profession or whatever. Um, I'm guessing video games, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely part of it. Um, I love... I love analyzing. I love analyzing art in in media. So I, so I don't watch. I don't watch a whole lot of TV. I used to watch a whole lot of anime. I haven't in a little bit, but um, I don't watch a lot of TV. Um, but I read. I do quite a bit of reading, and I play a lot of games. Um, so I really enjoy analysis of those. Um, there's theming and such because it helps kind of take my mind off of other things and in some respects so sometimes it's a it's a cause for escapism and sometimes it's for self self-reflection you know um i could be i was just playing a game where i was thinking through like post-humanism stuff was playing this game near automata um mm. which is fantastic but um, i was just looking at that to like buy for somebody for christmas oh. <laughs> i i don't want to be i don't want to be too i don't want to go into too much hyperbole about it but it is something incredible um so i should buy that then <laughs> absolutely okay it, it is it's great um big giant then, robot fights right there are some of those there are some of those and then there's whole lot more uh and if you buy for them tell them don't stop at the second ending but um but then there's you know there's a, i was playing the game earthbound and after the credits rolled for it um i just kind of looked i just kind of looked at myself and i said you know i need to be i want to be kinder i want to be more supportive to the people around me um, and that was kind of uh, a moment of self-reflection that uh, was a result from that. And I think, you know, that wasn't, uh, I don't think that was like the major impetus for me, but I think that played a part in uh, me attempting to be uh, more kind, more understanding, and more empathetic, uh, more empathic to the people around me. Okay, I also... This isn't. This is like a new thing. I've also been turning to video games, but specifically, I very recently picked up copies of the original, like two thousand four, two thousand five Star Wars Battlefront and Battlefront Two. Oh, man. so I've just been like obsessed with those. <laughs> so that's been my thing recently. Like, I was. I didn't know you were doing that. Right. Now. Oh, oh yes, I am. You're so good. Uh, last weekend. Why do you do that now? Because I was playing them like crazy in like oh, 2005 man. too, and I missed it, you know. Oh. So um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was I was definitely I was struggling pretty hard last weekend actually, and I was just like I I need to completely distract myself. So I just went in and 
uh, best in platforms, could not figure out how to defeat the droid army, and I did it like five times in a row. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know. Sometimes put on a good sitcom or something too. I've been watching a lot of Shit's Creek. Um, hey, that's great. Shit. Yeah, some, something funny, something distracting that always helps for me. Uh, I can't stand humor. I'm no fun. <laughs> <laughs> or like put me in some like fantasy world. I don't know. I would watched Goldfinger recently too. I've been been all over the place really. I think interesting. Are you like in general James Bondy kind of a person? So. I don't know, some people might hate me for what I'm about to say. Until I watched Goldfinger last week, I've only ever seen the Daniel Craig Bond movies. That's fine. You, I love you can that. can get away with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're fantastic. I've also read the books, which I think is partly why I See, like... that's something a lot of people haven't done. Yeah. I, I only did that a couple years ago. I was like, I, like, I want to go back and, and visit these. But I read that apparently Daniel Craig's performance is considered the closest to the books... Which I think also was why I've ended up, like, since reading the books, like, really liking those movies a lot, too. Um, There's so no then, doubt that he's nailed it. Oh, yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. So for me, going back and, and uh, watching Pierce Brosnan, I was like, this is so weird. This is such a weird thing. And my girlfriend, who it's, has not, she's only seen Casino Royale, the new ones, mm -hmm. and, like, loves all the Pierce Brosnan ones. So she was like, what do you mean this is weird? Like, this is all Bond. All of the Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Apart from just the one good one? <laughs> yes. Of that era? Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all talking about the world's not enough. <laughs> um, so, where were we? Oh, no. I lost my place. Um, I could... <laughs> what, is this Band-Aids to, like... Yes. Yeah, you had some more to add to that? Yeah. Uh oh. Um, I don't know if you did. I I, no, no. I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say... Um, I don't... I really don't watch movies... I don't watch consistent television shows. People send me episodes, and it's, like, such a hassle. <laughs> they're like it's a 20 minute always sunny episode like you can't do this and it's like I, I really don't see how I'm going to fit this into my day type thing but um, movies just I don't know I don't even remember the last time I was at a movie theater like in all sincerity I don't remember the last movie in theaters I saw I do you want to go see Rise of Skywalker? No. no. I haven't even... I love... Uh, people, 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 <laughs> people I know whose opinion I trust on this stuff, they said, don't listen to the critics or or the reviews. Just go for the try to enjoy it. Because you know what? It's not as bad as people... I didn't even know there was any Star Wars movie. Okay, that's so, like, strange. <laughs> no, I'm not lying to you. I didn't Where know. You I was stopping and these kids were like, Mr. Sinclair, you've seen Endgame? And I said, what? <laughs> like... The I'm Avengers so movie that came I'm out so last night, and I was so. like, "Oh, I and it's like I, I know I'm like very behind my Twitter feed, I guess." But yeah, that's what it is. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't even know there was like I knew like I just in my head I just feel like, oh, there's always a new Star Wars movie. Like what about you? What are they releasing? Like what else? Like this isn't a big deal anymore. Like when it was a big deal, it was a big deal. It's not a big deal are anymore. Are you aware of who Baby Yoda is? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that stuff, but I know like, it might not actually be Yoda, right? Uh, no, it's, a, I mean, it's just I Disney mean, propaganda, they're, man. There are going to be pedants on the internet that are going to be like, uh, it's actually called The Child. It's yeah, not Baby Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> by that property, it could be Baby Yaddle or whatever. Yeah. But, sure. like, but, like, those are pedants. Okay. Yeah. I've seen... I've seen you don't many. have time for pedants. <laughs> yeah. But, like, uh, for me, the it's people and it's conversation. I just really like being around other people and just talking to them. And I do like humor. I like laughing a lot, and I like being around people who 
feel the same way every now and then. And, uh, yeah, just silly, goofy people, human beings. And, um, no, one, one friend of mine in particular, whenever I'm, this isn't me announcing my romantic love for her, but like my, my, just my, my best friend, whenever I'm around my best friend and, um, it just feels so. I'm just so happy when I. Who's your life. best friend? Her name's Maddie, and we do like everything together, just buds. And whenever I'm with her, I'm just ecstatic all the time. Hmm. We're not dating. <laughs> she, no. I <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't have left the closet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So there's there's always room for platonic relationships. There are people. No, I mean, like I've had a lot of great female friendships in my life I have more female friends than male friends that's always been me my yeah. entire life yeah um, so let's get into the history of August Hotel what passion was this band born out of and when I guess I should ask I think it depends um, in which which stage here um, I think if you're looking at the three of us on this couch right now it was to keep um, at least what Ryan and I started years prior to keep it going like this didn't have to happen but I think we wanted to keep on playing music and we didn't want to give up on that yeah Dean and I have been playing together since we were in middle school yeah um, so I don't know what's it it's like 2005 2006 no no it was after that uh, 2007 I think is when we met I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I was in. I was in like fifth grade. I think you were sixth grade. Yeah. Okay. So. It was, uh, yeah. Wait. 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 What years were you two in fifth and sixth grade? Uh, I started sixth grade in 06. Easy to remember. This would have been two thousand. Am I am I suddenly the old man in the room? Right now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we met summer two thousand seven. Okay, so summer two thousand. We met at a. Uh... So the year I started college. <laughs> Yo. Nice, dude. We're just chilling. We're yeah. chilling out here. Um, but we um, met at a talent show, like audition, in the basement of a bank in McHenry, Illinois. And I was doing drums, Ryan was doing guitar, and that was the first time, like, similar, like, I wanted to, like, interject with this earlier, but I didn't want to, like, get away, but the, when he was, like, playing, having his friends, like, play the instruments and, like, air guitaring around and things like that, I didn't have anyone to even do that with, like, none of my friends in elementary school, like, were interested in music. I'm sure they're all normal now, but it's like, but it's, it's, <laughs> Joe's just like, who is this kid? But, um, but it's like, I would like, I sound like, you're going to be the keyboard player and like, you're going to be the bassist and they're just like, or we can play catch in the, in your backyard or jump on your trampoline or I can destroy all your Viking Lego sets that you've worked very hard to build. And, um... You've always been on that Scandinavian. Yeah, I've always been into that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so, but so that was the first time I ever saw that audition seen Ryan. I guess the first time I ever saw someone my age play an instrument and he was playing songs I knew like classic rock I think you were doing like Who songs or Zeppelin or something I think I was doing a Zeppelin medley yeah maybe and then the judges were like do you guys know any of the same songs and we're like yeah 
I mean, we played Black Dog together. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't. I still don't play that's... Black Dog correctly, so I don't know how we did that. No, it wasn't good. <laughs> it it was... didn't work, but, but we did it. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. But and from that, our parents exchanged numbers, and um, that's how it started. Yeah, and at the time, I knew another guitarist and a bassist from school, so we had been like trying to to start something, but we didn't know any drummers. So then I went and did this and met Dean. Um, but I I looked at Carrie, which is like twenty minutes from McHenry. And I went back and I like told the, the two other guys, I was like, I think I found a drummer. He's so good. And so we were hanging out then that summer and like just doing stuff on our own. And then I was like, I, we need to, like, he needs to be like, this is our band now. And they're like, oh, I don't know, 20 minutes. That's really far. Like, he has a problem with that 20 minute time frame. <laughs> it's like, he's in middle school. He can't even drive. How is he going to get here? But yeah, he doesn't so, have a phone. How are we going to communicate with? So we have that going. Then eventually, in high in high school, that transformed into the very earliest version of, of what would be this. Because um, then Kale was with us at that point too. Um, and we had then a different like four piece version of of August Hotel going for a while, and that eventually fell apart. And Dean and I were like, "What do we do now?" Like. We love music. We love this music. We love what we're doing. How can we keep this up? Um, and we found Craig, and we found Joe, and then Kale was back, and this came together just out of... I don't know. I, this is going to sound super lame, but I think at a base level, just because all of us love music and wanted to do that, and in like meeting each other and playing together we liked how it felt with the five of us I, I think I I hope so I I imagine we did or we wouldn't be here at this point but <laughs> Joseph I'm still on contract mm, yeah <laughs> Yeah, speaking of which we got to re-sign that paperwork in about two weeks yeah yeah yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Yeah, renew your contract with us. Great. Yeah, I'm asking a hefty fine this time, so. <laughs> chop, chop. Um, this seems like a complicated relationship in this band. <laughs> yeah, maybe just just cut the recording here and we can go figure that out. <laughs> we'll stop recording again. Yeah. We'll be right back. <laughs> um, what? How old is the current structure of this band? Like three and a half years. Three and a half. Like spring 2016 is when it all came together. And when did you guys start releasing singles? Because is that as far back as like 2016, 2017? Because I feel like... Yeah, 12 a.m. came out September 2016. When when was that So Far Sounds? That was December 2016. Okay. Yeah. Because I also listened to everything before I got here tonight. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, that's that's now. Oh, 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 thank you. That's like exactly three years old, which is kind insane. Of crazy to think about. Yeah, and then it took us a year after twelve a.m. to put charms out, which was not intentional. We've been really slow on the music thing. Um, so this this EP coming out so soon after Disaster and Delight this is a record for us yeah <laughs> and hopefully one that we will now will become the norm yes yeah why why just singles and EPs as opposed to like a full album or is that just what everybody does like oh everybody puts out I a think full album for us it's been a matter of just like keeping people interested like I, it feels yeah. easier to I don't know to me personally I I don't want to put out an album until I know that it will reach enough ears. Right. I think right now we're still in building the listener base 
to the point where I, I think singles and EPs would do more for us. I mean, that is... If you look at how many different things were released this year, it's not really many albums. It's mostly singles and EPs. Like, um, was it uh, the only the only album that springs to mind of like somebody that I know and am pretty big fans of is like the Darling Sons. They released an album back in August, but pretty much everybody else. When I was on. Underbelly Hours, where we d- debuted, uh, was that the first time Disaster and Delight had been uh, heard I mean, by anybody yeah, at I mean, all? Yeah. Um, your most recent single. Um, when Adela had asked me and Brian Shamey to, to throw together a list of just like all the, you know, like, list two of your favorite albums of the year, or like two of your favorite tracks, or, or you know, two of your favorite uh, new artists. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, like, well, I barely know who is new this year specifically, and I cannot think of any other like major albums that were so like. I mean, there's probably been a bunch of people who have released albums, but like not many on my on my radar. Yeah. So I mean, like you guys are are doing it the right way. Yeah. I I always sort of said that I want more clout behind us before we put out an album, if that makes sense. Like I I want. I just want as many ears as possible. Like, if we're putting that much work into, like, this cohesive body of songs... You want to make sure there's the demand. Right. Exactly. I don't want that to just go up on Spotify and, like, sit there. Right. I want to be able to do something with it and to have it feel like, um... Like a, like a part of something that... Yeah. If, like, a single goes up and it doesn't get traction, it's like, okay, we lost one song. Right. As opposed to, we put an album out and got no traction. It's like, that was... <laughs> a year of our life <laughs> well I mean there is something to the idea of doing something right as opposed to just doing something that, you know, you're right. a like an album is a much better I think artistic expression especially when there's something to say not just a collection of like right yeah that's, that's exactly it if we're gonna do it I wanna do it right yeah mm-hmm. right and yeah but for me I definitely can't get the how we consume music and things like that like I can't get this idea of for me, I'm sacrificing like logistics. I'm sorry, I'm sacrificing maybe art as like this pure form for like consumer and like logistical things. Does that make any sense? Like how we consume music. Like when we look how like songs are getting shorter and things like that, or the chorus is coming in sooner. Not the long intros, EPs instead of singles. I think about that all the time. And Hook does put out those long albums are like, say, like the musicians or the bands or rappers who have already a huge following anyway. It's like economic. I was going to say, I feel like we're starting to get an interesting reversal of that, though, because I think that was the trend initially, like the start of streaming. But now we've reached this point in streaming where people are like, oh, now, now sometimes you want to put on a playlist, but also people are just like, putting on an album and I, I do feel like there's a trend of albums getting more interesting as like a cohesive work again and you're seeing a lot of things where people really then use that as a way to explore and to try a lot of different things out and there are longer songs again um, no you're I, yeah I, I mean feel you like, look at you look at a band like Alabaster that just released an EP I think I think they re-released a couple different tracks as a full EP like within the past couple of weeks and I'm like they're a jam band. All those songs are are long. I mean, mm-hmm. like going mad. I'm 
pretty sure it's like six, seven, eight minutes, something around that. To me, it's like the song of the year. So, I mean, like, you're right in that people are, I think this thing is changing again where yeah. streaming is no longer like quick hits. I think we're now, it's taken us a while to kind of figure out, like, how to make sense of streaming. Uh, I, I still feel like in some ways the industry, like, doesn't know what to do with it. It's a very interesting yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, like, to, from my perspective, is that it now gives everybody a chance not to be in a position of being controlled by someone else. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's the pro of it, for yeah. sure. The idea that we're sending, like, T-shirts to, like, Brazil and things blows my mind because they would have never been able to... Yeah. Well, it's just, yeah, it's the same thing with the podcasting. It's just kind of like, it's not radio where it's like it can only be heard in a very specific part of the country at a specific time of the day. Anybody in the, in the world can hear this at any at any time. So it's like streaming, podcasting, all this different stuff. It's like, it is incredible, but it's like, it's still not entirely understood what it means yet or how we monetize it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like it. now when people listen to us, it's like we're not even, when we make an EP. Obviously, probably had to talk about it, but are we even going to make a CD or because like who's, yeah. we so want to do so many charm CDs sitting because like because why Someone buy, buy them? Shout out, yeah. It's, uh. but like why buy these when we put up our, our music for free anyway, or at least for free with the sense that you're paying ten dollars a month yeah. to stream that and anything else you could. Well, I mean, think but of. also think of how many different services are offering like oh, if you have uh, this service or if you buy this new phone you get a six months free apple music or something kind of mm-hmm. like that i mean that's what i'm on right now i'm on free apple music because i just got a new phone mm-hmm. you know so it's it's even that part is kind of being taken away where it's just like oh wow i just have access to yeah. all this stuff oh, i just bought a phone i guess that means i get free music now it's crazy. yeah it, it really is it's pretty crazy much you you really have to fight these days to have to pay for music <laughs> It's um, it's you gotta be like me and shell out too much money on the final records. <laughs> See, that's where I think that actually might be a thing because there are still a ton of people who really love the vinyl format. Oh, yeah. It's oh, become yeah. such a thing now. I mean, like, like, I, I, have, I, have, I have a record player. I feel yeah, like yeah. albums nowadays are made for streaming and vinyl. Like, I've noticed... Yeah. Like, there are albums where you're starting to see people think about the track listing in terms of sides again. Like, you look at any old albums, and, like, you sort of have to think about two opening tracks and two closing tracks. And then that whole mindset went away once people started listening to CDs, and then has kind of been gone until recently. Now I've, like, noticed a trend. I still, it's not like it once was, but there definitely are people who are thinking about the physical limitations of vinyl again while making albums. I don't know. It's just, it's just very interesting. You know, yeah. it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't entirely seem like, like a fad. It seems like oh. something that is causing people to think about things, and that there is like a there's a style to it. There's a there's a there's a beauty. Yes, and people can get excited about people can get just as excited about like a vinyl record as they can about like their new their favorite band releasing something on you know Spotify. Or yeah, something right. Like that. I do think that again, there's sort of a bit of like the industry trying to figure out what to do with it. Like in some ways, now I feel like there are some places that are trying to push it as like a, the, the premium product or. And that sort of also gets into, like, the colored records and, like, all of this sort of, like, is it... 
is it becoming like just too much of a collector thing? Like, is this suddenly like yeah, like Yu-Gi-Oh cards, yeah. but like they cost thirty five dollars? Or you know, like what are what are we doing? Yu-Gi-Oh cards can't cost it. Just <laughs> like whoa, 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 that's on the cheap. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I don't know. Is that a bubble that's going to burst? Maybe, but I do think that we as, are all in trouble as soon as an industry figures out how to make this expensive for all of right. us again. Yeah, all of a sudden, you're seeing, like, deluxe editions of records going for, like, 50 bucks. And it's like, why in the world do I want to pay that for a disc of plastic, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that it will outlive any other physical music format. Because it already has. Yeah, it, it's already been, or like, it's... Who cares about CDs? Yeah. No one's buying CDs I, anymore. I know. You, if someone gave you, like, a CD for Christmas, you'd probably feel ill. But if somebody gave you, like, a vinyl record, it's like, you're my new favorite person. Right. Yeah, yeah I get a CD, and I'm like, cool, I can rip this into my computer, and then what do I do with it? Actually, this is a good test for, for things. It's like, do it the Christmas test. If you would, <laughs> How would you feel about receiving it as a gift? And that sh- that'll show you exactly where we are right now with everything. Yeah, we would... Definitely press everything if it was if it was okay, if you if, if we right now you said means. I we have a vinyl for you I would I would lose my mind. <laughs> yeah, we that's Maybe that's like do it just for like the press outlets. Yeah, send perfect. that in the mail. It's like that would be a that would be an amazing idea. Like we know we won't get it back, but yeah. All right, <laughs> yeah. All right. send a little post Please send back only copy. It's like all scratched up because it's already been to like everywhere else. <laughs> and not to dwell too much on it because I know we have other things we need to get to, but it's just it's part of a concerted effort to move away from physical media for outlets to provide digital media, which I don't like when people say like, oh, I own that digitally or something like that. It's like, ah, no, you're just renting that. I mean, I, I don't... Uh, when, when, apparently, my PlayStation just told me the other day that a game that I bought, I no longer own. Which one? Soma? Yeah, yeah, Soma. All, all of a sudden, it's saying, like, you need to buy this again. I was like, fucking excuse you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I paid money for this. Yes, yes. Mine now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, you know, Soma or, you know, the the controversy around PT when that was delisted. I, yeah. Yeah. And um, and then all the stuff with Telltale games now as well. I mean, when when you just have media digitally, um, and this might make me a bit of a luddite with all the <laughs> games, CDs, books, and shit that I have. But <laughs> but you but you know unless someone comes in and barges and tries to take my Blu-ray of District Nine um, or Penguin Drum. Oh yeah, Penguin Drum's really good. But um, <laughs> but uh, but you know, unless someone like comes in and barges and takes that, which like I don't perceive happening just yet, um, it's not going to happen. But yeah, they can just delist yeah. Soma, and then it's like, well, you have to buy that again, or it's or it's changed yeah. uh, publisher hands or whoever owns the rights to it. So I don't really, I don't really trust that no, yeah. really it's like a physical like, thing yeah there yeah, are times where I've downloaded stuff for, you know from streaming platforms and then somebody's like okay well we're gonna take this down for a little bit because then we're gonna rework this into something new but it's just kind of like oh, the music's gone now 
<laughs> and I can't listen to this again for maybe what a couple more months until you re-release it as an EP or an album or something. It's it was very strange. Yeah. For all of a sudden, it's just oh, this is gone now. It's, I can no longer listen to something. It's still digital, but because I'm paranoid about stuff like that, I use iTunes still religiously. Oh, you're still buying music. I well, I'm ripping <laughs> CDs. Yeah. Sometimes I'm buying music. I need to have backups. <laughs> yeah, I like I just files. Is, is LimeWire still around? <laughs> oh my God. I only uh, use LimeWire. Um, but no, I like I I like knowing that I still have these files on my hard drive. So if I don't know what like Spotify goes under, an artist pulls something off, I can still listen. When I was. I was in college and I was taking this like music business class and the professor was like, Spotify runs on very slim profit margins. They go more and more debt every year. Yeah. Every digital company does. I mean, Uber is the same thing. I don't think that they have yet to turn a profit as a company or something like that. Yeah. Amazon didn't turn a profit for like 16 years, essentially. Yeah. It was like early 2010s or perhaps later. Um, that they actually start turning a profit. That's crazy. But then you start thinking about, well, what is profit? What is money anyways? Yeah. Well, how much does this really mean? Because these are just numbers. I mean, can we not just agree to keep going? It's like, can Spotify really go under? Or we just have a gentleman's agreement where it's just like, no, let's just, let's just keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I, yeah. I could, I could drone on about this for quite a while as evidenced by all the Marxist literature on my show. But yeah, but yeah, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Are we all agreed? All right, let's put our hands uh, up. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get through this question a little bit quickly because we do have a few more things to get to. But Dean, also, you have to. Are you you're going to see an apartment? We've been there before. Um, my parents start, will be there. So if I'm a little late, it's okay. Oh, okay. Assuming they get there on their own. Yeah. Oh, you can ask them what time you're supposed to go to bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ten o'clock. <laughs> That feels early. Well, we're not home 11. It's a little late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Well, as long as I finish my homework. Maybe I can Did you drink your milky before? <laughs> um, almond milk. I'm on <laughs> almond milk right now. Yeah. <laughs> on almond milk. It's like, it's like this new thing. All the kids are doing almond water. Yeah. Yeah, all these parents, their children are saying, like, can you get us almond milk? They're like, oh, yeah. It's like, that's not, that's not what they're doing. All I want was a Pepsi. Just one Pepsi. Um, so who contributes what to the band that makes up the whole both like physically and emotionally would you say wait emotionally yeah of the band Mm -hmm. in terms of like what do you mean by that I mean that you are all independent people with your own thoughts about creativity where things are going yeah Mm -hmm. or collaboration as well I think that for for the different members of the band like a couple of roles I can think of is, and perhaps this is a bit too, perhaps this is a bit too much reliance, but I think Ryan is kind of uh, a, a piece of stability in the band, uh, in providing a lot of that, and, and I think uh, Dean is kind of the the pull back to earth, sort of, in, <laughs> in some ways, because we'll, we'll be like, yeah, we can absolutely pull out this song or this cover for the show, and Dean will be like... I'm not sure. Like, I, I don't know if this is strong enough right now. And there have been times where that's been the right answer. We're like, oh, yeah, we like we definitely, uh, 
we definitely wouldn't have been able to pull this off. And then there have been times where it's been like, oh, Dean, we could have pulled this off. But, but, um, or we did pull it off. Yeah, we did. Or we did, you know, like it's, you know, you know, Dean's not an Oracle. None of us are. And so we can't tell what's going to be correct in every, um, situation. Is it like a mom and dad thing? A little bit. Yeah. Someone, I guess, I know. Some Carol would say it was a mom and dad are fighting again or something. <laughs> yeah. There's times in the group chat where everyone just like kind of Dean and I are just going <laughs> don't, at don't, it, don't. and everyone else is like hands off. And, like someone yeah. might be brave enough to be like a thumbs up to something, or, or like but besides yeah. that, so I called that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and honestly, I think to that point. Joe brings a really great level of care and thoughtfulness to things. Absolutely. Um, and can be a really great arbiter between conflicts like that. Um, that happened just the other night. We were having kind of a, a heated discussion about what we're doing with this video that's coming up. And um, Joe was the one who's like, go to bed. We'll figure this out later. Translates to, I'm trying to go to sleep. Can we stop this? <laughs> I really wasn't. Actually, actually wasn't. I was, in, I was just sitting up in my swivel chair. I was like, these, these boys both need to go to bed. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, thank God, because I was the one who was like, I need to go to bed right now. But we're in the middle of this. <laughs> oh, you, what was that? There was a video, was it for Valentine? That was, what was it, the last video you guys put out? You mean like like full song video? Yeah, that was I mean like it was yeah. yeah that, it was one. It's kind of kind of grainy, kind of like VHS yeah, tape yeah, kind of a thing. Yeah. I saw that. I was very impressed by that. Thanks. Really? We just shot that on my phone <laughs> on one no. snowy night in the city. So look, I mean, there are there are movies that have uh, been that have won awards at Cannes. We were shot on iPhones, so it's just kind of like a shout out Tangerine. Watch that in film that's school. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, like technology doesn't. I mean, uh, these phones now dwarf the capabilities of cameras that were you know out like, yeah. however many years ago. That's, I mean, that's why we did it. We were like exactly. That is true. But also, we were knew we were going to put a VHS filter on it. So you're like, how much do we're using this nice. <laughs> piece of technology to recreate like 90s staticky garbage yeah, but you know but no, that was a fun day it was a cold day yeah. it looked like a cold yeah, day it was cold. <laughs> that's what we get for wandering around the city for like six hours in the middle of February yeah, we have an outdoor photo shoot scheduled we're coming up soon too so like, why didn't you guys do that during the summer you think well it's what we're asking <laughs> you think yeah. that's not what August Hotel is all about <laughs> We meet ourselves after the summer, so we don't actually do anything in the summer. So what it sounds like is there's a lot of both passion and stability. Would that be fair to assess the band? Yeah, or maybe a, <laughs> those two things going head to head sometimes. Yeah. but yeah, it's, it's just a head to head is exactly the how it's are just because of how much we all care. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. We just passion want all ones yeah. the best. What I, mean, what I mean by passion is a positive thing because there are people mm-hmm. who do there are people who have arguments about things but then there are people who believe passionately in, about, in the things that they believe in mm-hmm. and whether they're right or wrong at least that they that comes from a place of caring yeah that's exactly yeah. what it is whenever we argue it's because we love this band and it's because we just want to do what's best we just sometimes might have differing opinions of what that is exactly. and then we have to find ways to, to work that yeah. out and I, I don't think we've ever done that unsuccessfully I feel like we always get yeah. to a point where we, we all at least feel it. mostly good about whatever I mean, we're doing there's five of us so I mean 
you know, you don't always get your way. And that's just kind of... I think the day you do it unsuccessfully is the day you're no longer a band. The fact that you're still here. Yeah. 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 I also, I don't want... No, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I also don't want to make this sound like we're like constantly up in arms and like yelling at each other all the time. It'd be, but it'd also be, it would also be weird if we weren't, though, at the same time. It would be weird. Yeah. Because, like, I think we are very much a band of five personalities. It's not, there's not just one. Like, there are bands who are like, this is my band. Even though it's like, we have the band name or whatever, it's like, this guy makes the final shots, da 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 Sometimes there's pros to that stuff, but that's just not what we are. And, yeah, and I don't think that's ever what we've wanted to be either. I think we came, we all came into this like wanting to be a, a, a collective thing. Music's not like it's one person's project more than it is. The, I mean, like the EP that's coming up, for instance, the three of us sitting here like wrote lyrics for it. Yeah. Um, it's not like it's one person who writes everything. We're all, I think, we're very collaborative when it comes to making decisions, when it comes to creating the music, and when it comes to everything that that does go into this. Even financially, when it comes to like how we like split up. Like our like um, BMI or, or our ASCAP stuff. It's yeah, it's like, a split between all five. No matter who writes who writes the songs. I am hearing that more and more from a lot of bands, where it's just kind of like there are times of of tension, but everybody is pretty much equal. Yeah, and these are all the successful bands. That I mean, like the old you know, the, play method and yeah. blogs about splitting up royalties. Thanks, Ari. How would you describe your music to someone who has never heard music before? I remember what I said that day. So I don't know if you want me to say well, that. Well, I'll hold off. Yeah. Although, I think I remember some of your answers from that okay. day. But I'll hear from Joe and Ryan first. It has to be an abstract answer. Picture this is just an alien that got off a spaceship. really hard to pin down um I don't know I, I suppose it kind of it kind of morphs with with different songs which is I'm sure an answer you've heard many times before um I really wouldn't be able to I really think about like, a, like as an emotion as a feeling like I remember a couple different people have given the answers of maybe this was your answer or maybe I'm thinking about Ember Oceans I can't remember Dean what was your answer give them an example of what you I said we'll see what they think about this but I said when you're at a party and there's and there's like Everyone's like, it's fun, music going on. I guess I can't say, but like, you're at a party, everyone's having a good time, lights flash and all that. But then there's like that one kid, like on the couch, in his own like world. Maybe I don't know. It's like you're surrounded by, it's this like party scene, but there's still this kind of insularity of it. Yeah, yeah. You're surrounded by everything, but there's still like the. Yeah, that is from what person. I remembered. Yeah. Okay. Nice. <laughs> you got a big impact on it. In your spacecraft, <laughs> looking out the window and just thinking about everything that's happening out there in the universe, <laughs> but you're also isolated. But like, you feel connected to like everything at the same time. I'm good with their answers. <laughs> I'm usually pretty. I'm usually pretty annoyingly verbose. This is not one of those questions that I can do so for. You think about it. You yeah. You, you message me the answer. 
so over the years, and we've touched on this a little bit, you've released uh, several singles, one EP, Charms, uh, and you've also recently released your single, Disaster and Delight, and you're planning on releasing another EP around like the, the February, March area is what you're thinking yeah. currently. Um, what was important to explore with each release, and, and what have you learned from each to the last? Like, th- are you thinking thematically, or are you thinking... Yeah, thematically, like... emotionally. I've made no emotional growth in terms of my songwriting. <laughs> <laughs> That's also sort of an interesting question, because the songs... Say, like, the songs that I wrote on Charms and the songs that I wrote on this new EP, I, like, wrote most of them around the same time. Hmm. Um, like, these are just... A lot of what is on this EP is stuff that we started around the time that we finished Charms. It's just taken us a while to finally, like, actually get it done. So there's definitely a sense of growth and difference to it because there is still time that separates these. And when we've actually done most of, like, the recording and, like, that kind of work is much more recently than than the last EP... Yeah, there's got to be like some more technical knowledge you guys. Yeah, in oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, you know, the actual equipment being used and the instruments being used, and just like how you've grown as people. Yeah, the recording yeah. itself are the very. But I think even thematically, there are still there's still growth and, and differences because the reason that stuff ended up on charms and and this stuff is ending up on the stuff now is because it it was more done at that time. Like even if. Um, you know, one of these new songs was started then, those songs were, like, done. So it was still, at the time, like, trying out new territory and exploring new new thoughts and ideas. Like, uh, for example, I'm thinking of, like, 12AM and Crystallized from Charms were... They had to do still kind of more, like, with with other people and with relationships and with how things were kind of revolving in my life and I was in college at the time and just kind of that sort of a world and then um, some of the stuff that I wrote for the new EP felt a little more inward and a little more like okay like those are things that I've done like what can I do that's that's a bit different like one of of them's like looking outward in sort of like in in a reflection if that makes any sense and then one of them is really much like very much just like um like looking at myself and think then instead of looking at the interactions with other people being like, I don't know, being more self-reflective about that. I feel like this ended up going off on a lot more. No, that's perfect. Than I was intending, but who or what inspires you to do better? I think one thing that comes, um, one thing that comes to mind, well, not really a thing, but, um, but uh, I have a friend, I have a friend named River, who, uh, in in a lot of things, uh, um, in a lot of moments where I don't think I did what I should have, or I'm reflecting and I think that I could have handled that situation better, I think about them in that situation um, because of all I've learned from from them in ways of empathy and ways of phrasing in how to talk to other people you know, how to ask someone how to ask someone for support 
and how to tell someone, what can I do to support you? And so I think, so of course, you know, there are other, um, you know, there, there are celebrities, there are musicians, there are family members, friends, other friends, etc. Um, but I think, but I frequently think about, um, what River would do in a situation that, that I'm in. I kind of reflect on that and, uh, that's a really important part of me. Boy, I think River should tune in now to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they'd, uh, yeah, if, <laughs> yeah, they'd probably be interested to hear that. <laughs> yeah, uh, similarly, be friends for me. Um, this instance, uh, they, uh, for two years, I lived with the same group of guys in a house in college, and there were eight of us. And it, but it wasn't okay. It was kind of like the animal house every now and then. But at, but come like senior year. At one point, there was just a lot of, like, one of the guys, like, got engaged and, like, da-da-da. And, like, there was just a lot of, like, growing up that happened in a very short amount of time. Um, both with, like, a lot of different aspects. Just, like, you know, like, right growing up, but also, like, faith for me. Um, and so, uh, so the house in general, um, two of the guys in particular, Mark and Noah, I think sometimes I think, oh, if I did this thing, they would get mad at me (laughs) or if they knew or like things like that. So I, um, even though I was the oldest in the house, there were times I felt the youngest and, um, those two in particular are two people I really look up to. I initially was taking this question as like, Musical growth and betterment. And I'm like, <laughs> it, can be. <laughs> it can be. It's like, I think my answer to that was just like I, I always am like very actively listening to other things and like trying to think about how can I push my songwriting, how can I push my musicianship, and um, stuff like that. And I feel like recently I've been listening to, I've I've gone down like this crazy Yellow Magic Orchestra and adjacent projects rabbit hole, which is like this. It's been blowing my mind. Um, I've like Ryuichi Sakamoto's Thousand Knives album has just like completely blown my mind. It's like all this crazy, like early experimental electronic stuff, um, which is the sort of way that I've not thought about music a lot in the past. Um, just other like song topics, like ways of writing. So, like, no, I'm not talking about. YMO anymore, but just like looking at what other people are writing about and trying to find things that aren't just like, oh, I'm going to write about a relationship. Because I think when you first start writing music, you hear a lot of that. And that's a lot of what maybe like you start with. Um, and obviously there can be a lot to explore there, but I, I've been also yeah, interested in, in... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not trying to put that down at all. I, I just also am interested in like th- that was how I thought about lyrics for the longest amount of time and I was like shoot but there's also like so many other things I could explore in songs maybe I'm personally more interested in doing that um, but yeah then I like personally sort of echoing these thoughts just like friends and my girlfriend in particular and just like thinking about how to how can I be a, a better person for the people around me and how can I also better support those people um, and not like close myself off too much or be too much in my own head but like you know 
also just being being a good friend and a, and a good person to people I surround myself with. What do you think most people misunderstand about you? Again, is this individually or spanned? Individually. Okay. I mean, I mean, just on, on a base level, like on, on a base level f- f- for me in terms of like identity, I get misunderstood about that all the time. I mean, at, on a, on a gender level, you know, I'm a transgender person. I use they, them pronouns. Um, I mean that like doesn't, you know, getting gender properly doesn't happen very often and like that. And that obviously gets to me and it hurts me at times. Sure. Uh, Racially, you know, my my dad's Mexican, Puerto Rican, my mom's German, Italian, Irish. People are like, "Ah, oh, yes, you're white," and that's and like to to a lot of people, I'm you know in this category of white passing, but that doesn't fully explain my uh, my experience in life. It doesn't. It it's it's a very different experience. And so on a lot of issues of identity and stuff, uh, frequently can be frequently misunderstood and that, you know, that's, that sucks. <laughs> it's really, it, it can be really painful, but I think it also can give a greater understanding of what other, what other people go through. You know, I don't know the exact experiences and oppressions that other people go through, but I can empathize with, um, with quite a few things due to my own experience um and that's not something that like changes overnight for people um because of these distinct schemas that people have in their minds and everything but um but that's something kind of drawing back to earlier what we talked about it's things that are things that are changing and people are understanding things not to be as uh as black and white or binary as um, they thought before. Um, for for me, I feel like a lot of times, depending, like getting back to what Joe said earlier about how people are contextual. I wish I could be more like I don't know. I wish I could be like more of the same person around other people, which means so like so like, like oh why don't this person doesn't understand me? Because well I'm not allowing myself to be understood. But in that regard, I feel it. So it's like a lot of times in a lot of groups like I'm in, I'm the goofy guy, or like I put it upon myself to be funny, or da 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 da, and they might not think I'm capable of what have you internally. Now with other people, I feel like. They don't see how I can. They don't see this like fun side of me. It's like I like I, I don't know. Like that's I don't know if that makes any sense. Oh, but like, like, do you know what Black Wednesday is? It's when it's the day before Thanksgiving where everyone from your hometown goes out to the same bar and you see these people who haven't seen. I know they have a name for that. Yeah, Black oh Wednesday. God. Black Wednesday, that's baby. A, that's a, that really is a move. And I was just so looking <laughs> forward. They didn't want to like pick another color. I mean, Friday already. It's like black. You know, it's like orange. Wednesday. It's like yeah, I hate orange. All right, we can call it Blackout Wednesday if you want to call it that too. Right. That's fine. But um, thanks for working with me. And I was yeah. just, but I was just like so looking forward to it because like I was, I just, I feel like in college I became a lot more confident in myself, and I was really looking forward to almost reintroducing myself to to people. So I don't know if that has anything to do with What's that Rolling Stones song. Let me reintroduce it's myself. myself. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that song's about the devil, isn't it? Let's Maybe I'm, 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 I'm a little 
I think you get a little foggy in the details there, but you know, uh, just, just roll with it. Uh, sure, but uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. So I don't know. I wish I could just be uh, me, the same, the same you all the yeah. time. It's impossible for me because yeah. I, I have to be somebody different. This is a personality right now, and I have to keep reminding people of that. It's like I'm in talk show host. Well, right now, which is very similar to who I am, but I also kind of catch myself in moments of, like, doing a bit of, like, a Jimmy Fallon laugh. It's just kind of like, oh, somebody didn't say something funny, and yet I am laughing for some reason. <laughs> it's very strange, and it's very, um, it's unusual, but it, it all, it's also comes from this sense where, you know, it's about kind of making people feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because you have to, because this is, like, an audio medium, there are ways you have to show somebody your appreciation for what they've said and even if it's a, a tiny bit disingenuous it is still kind of kindness do you feel like you affix personalities to just try and make people comfortable at times absolutely yeah um but also not like in this band i feel i feel like my most so i play for for feel like you're saying this band i feel my most me because this is something I helped create. I am an active one-fifth of this band. Another group I play for, I'm, they got their own thing going on. I'm kind of just their live guy. And I don't, I'm not as blah, 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 all the time. I'm more, because that's not my job. That's not why I feel like I'm getting hired. This other person, I feel, she, this other person I play for, she just needs this, like, structure sometimes, like, how to run a practice. So in that, so in that times, I'm not a funny guy. I'm very business, just like, you need to do this. This is how you do da 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 and so just like and then I'm playing the same instrument all three of those things I'm still doing the same thing but I present my role that's when you're in differently Mr. Mr. Sinclair when you were in the teacher mode yeah no I go teacher mode with that one yeah and I don't like that that I do that well, sometimes you gotta be professional. Sometimes you gotta. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you gotta smack around. Yeah. In, those, in those contexts, you're Mr. Sinclair, but in this band, you're Deanie Weenie. Deanie Weenie. <laughs> we had juniors. <laughs> Ryan, super <laughs> um, I don't know. I, th- I think for me, it's also just sort of a sense of like uh, expressing my emotions in, in a way that's more clear to other people. And I, I think I've often been just like very. I've, I've been told that people have trouble reading how I'm feeling, or like <laughs> I don't like get like excited enough. About, I had a teacher in high school who one time when I walked into his office was like, "I never know when you walk in here if you're about." to tell me something great or like the worst news of your life. <laughs> and then I had a professor in college who I don't even remember what the context was anymore, but he one time just referred to my usual copacetic self. Um, Local H, baby. Uh, but I, I don't, what was the question? How, like, thing, what people, do people misunderstand about you the most? Yeah. So I, I don't know. I feel like I always have to like work on, like letting people know how I feel about things. And I, I definitely find it way easier to express emotion in something like a lyric than just like face to face with somebody. Um, so I, I think I just feel like what you just got to do is walk around singing to people. Great. Yeah. That'll, that'll be the solution. Okay. (laughs) There we go. And there's your Christmas gift. Thank you. (laughs) So now is the time for plugs. You guys have augusthotel.com, right? Sure is. 
Sure, sure, sure. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's, uh, oh my golly. August Hotel, a- Apple Music, Spotify, most major streaming services, I'm guessing. I'm pretty sure we ticked that box for everything when we uh, we uploaded, so. All right. If anyone says otherwise, please let us know. And we'll have yeah, if I mean, if we're not on your favorite streaming service, yeah. this doesn't you're probably fine. Day. You're probably fine if you're not on Title or something like that. If you're on Apple Music, or we Spotify. are on Title though. Well, so. then there you go. Honestly, I want to be on Pirate Bay. Like, I want to know that someone cares enough about our music to to like, steal it. Yeah, yeah. See, that's that's when you know you've made it. I yeah, just, it's. I mean, I I think we've made it when you know we have a rate your music page and. We put out a great album, and yet it's still somehow like 400th best album of the year because there's 399, you know, uh, speed metal, drone metal, <laughs> post metal, everything metal. Before I just want us. a five out of ten for importance. <laughs> Talk professionally. No, we, we, no, we went to uh, we did this like promo video um, where uh, some of us, like Ryan and I, went to Loyola just like ask like. I saw that. Kids. That was really funny. Yeah, so one kid like got really real with us. And like we like wanted people to be like bash us a little bit, like you know, like the comedy of it, but like it did not stop me. He's like, You want me to listen to the whole song? We're like, No. <laughs> so he gave us a five out of ten for importance. I saw also that probably what pitchfork would give us too. Yeah, so like, I mean like funny. he's not wrong, but it was just funny. <laughs> just I just want a six point eight from pitchfork. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. I want a chimp urinating in its own mouth from Pitchfork. <laughs> what? What is that? The Jet, the Jet album review. Oh! Like Shine on, baby. Oh, I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I didn't see this You and I were both confused. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was picking up a chew throwing down. Okay. So. Uh, and then it's just simply August Hotel, Facebook, Instagram. Do you bother with Twitter at Facebook all? is August Hotel Music. August Hotel Music. Everything else is just August Hotel. You can still... Uh, but see, Facebook is great in a way where you don't have to be 100% accurate. You can just type in August right. Hotel. Because I don't think that Facebook page for that um, hotel in, what is it, Belgium or something it's like that? Or We had our, our page before then. There was this... The, the August Hotel that was taken already on Facebook was like somewhere like Korea or something. Um, it was somewhere. Yeah, it's yeah. Like but, there, but there is another one. That, wasn't that on like Antwerp? Yeah, the, yeah. that's is, what it is. There is Antwerp. Antwerp. The yeah. That is, it's you guys and this hotel in Antwerp that both come up with the same We get tagged page. in their stuff all it's the time. So people think that Oh, there's an auxiliary us. arts center of Chicago uh, <laughs> that I get tagged oh, in yeah. Chicago all the time. It's like, I tell people, it's like, thanks for the publicity, but you didn't stop me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, the first time they tagged us in something, we were like, I mean, we're not a hotel, but we'll come play there if you want yeah. us to. Yeah, we'll be there. You that should be me. our New Year's resolution. You know, I was going to say you can use me as a chair, but you should probably just edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to play. I, I want them to book us. I think that would be cool. Obviously, that would be the funniest yeah. thing. That would be the funniest thing. <laughs> that would be it. We at least get a couple views for a promo video of that. And then, uh, now that you got another single coming out here shortly, and then an EP, a couple months, couple months down the line. Yeah, we so we have details that will be coming at some so point. Just follow you guys on <laughs> social and uh, subscribe to you on all the streaming services. All right, Ryan, Dean, Joe, thank you for being on Ox Populi. Thank, thank you so much for having us on Ox Populi. <laughs>
couldn't offer you something better. Honey, I know I'll never be your savior. I'm a good deed, I'm just wine of your favors. You wrote me off for an hour today. Oh, oh, oh. 
Podcast Network, visit us online at oxchicago.com.